want to argue with you on Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. Go ahead. Well, Breaking Bad was really, really good until they killed off the main drug dealer. Spoiler alert. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Not to just talk about me here. This is about me. Sometimes I feel like I tell too many stories on the show. Hey, last night I did that. Like, you don't really care. You care a little bit, but sometimes I, I feel like maybe I, I overdo it. I, I got to talk about myself for 60 seconds here. So we didn't have a show yesterday, right? The Brewers started, I think, at 310. So the pregame started around 240. That was covering up my show. So I wasn't going to have a show last night. I knew that. So at the beginning of the day yesterday, I got all my things done. And my work day was done at like 4. It was done at like 4 p.m. yesterday, which normally that's not an option for me. Like even on a Friday, it's not like I can take off early for the weekend because my show is on air until 6. That can't get moved around. That doesn't get changed. I'm here until 6. Well, last night I got done at 4. So I made some plans. I went to went to the gym, went to my favorite YMCA with a buddy, uh, and I'm moving out of my house this week. So I went to buy some boxes. I went to the Chipotle, which is on the far end of Alaska. I love Chipotle. We've had this Chipotle in town for over a year. Never been there because I don't want to drive that far. It's like 20 minutes. Well, yesterday I had all the time in the world, so I drove to Chipotle. I got home and was done with all of my work things, with all of my errands, with my workout. I was done at like 530. I went to bed at 945 last night. How, how, do you, how do you guys do that? How do you get done so early in the day? How do you fill up your day with things? Normally, I'm, I get done at 6. I get home. I still have so much to do. Last night, I was waiting for a game to start. I was waiting for the Eastern Conference Finals game to start at 7.30. 7.30 felt like 10.30. I was, in, I was in bed at quarter to 10. Weird experience yesterday. When you have your schedule thrown out of whack. I'm not used to being done with work that early. I, I don't think I'm cut out for it. I was falling asleep, I was falling asleep at 9.30. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you're having an awesome day certainly helped that we didn't have to stay up until midnight or later to watch the Brewers last night. A little more pep in my step. And as I said, I got uh, more than ample sleep last night because of my weird schedule. So it helps. We weren't up late. Brewers played tonight against St. Louis, a huge four-game weekend series. That's that's exciting. That's going to be electric. So we're going to talk Brewers tonight. We're going to talk Packers. Bart Winkler, Winks Thinks, going to be here at 4.30. Uh, longtime friend of show. Neil Diamond, enthusiast. Uh, and just an entertaining guy. We're going to chat with him in about a half hour. If you'd like to join me to talk about anything when we get to the Brewers, when we get to the Bucks, we're going to do some NBA stuff as well. If you want to join me, you can give me a call or give me a text, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. Uh, Twitter's been, uh, I just haven't been on Twitter much the last couple of days. Ever since that shooting in Texas, I'm just, I'm sitting this out. I'm not going to whine about the Brewers leaving runners in scoring position. I'm not going to bitch about Jordan Love not being able to throw a a good deep ball, a good post route. It just seemed a little wrong. So I haven't been on Twitter much. But normally, I'm always on Twitter. So you can find me if Twitter's your thing, at Wisco Grant. All right, looking ahead at my show notes here. I have the best Brewers topic that I've thought of in weeks. I'm very excited to get to that. The best Packers topic I think we've had in weeks. Brewers and Packers tonight, we're going to nail and I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Bart. Bart's one of my favorite people. He's going to be here at 4.30. That's all coming up. 
But first, <laughs> but first, I want to take 10 minutes. I want to talk about the conference finals. It's Thursday, which means we step into the NBA lounge, even if it's brief, and it's going to be brief today. Sometimes I'll ramble for 15 to 18 minutes, about 10 minutes. I got about 10 minutes worth of things to say about the conference finals. If you're new here and you don't know about the NBA lounge, I will explain very briefly. Every Thursday, we start the show, whether it's the first month of the regular season, whether it's around the all-star break, or whether it's in the postseason. We start Thursday's show by talking about the NBA. Maybe it includes the Bucks. Maybe it includes no Bucks. Maybe we talk about the Hawks and the Cavs because something wild happened in Cleveland the other night. Or maybe there's a wild story with some Chris Paul beef. Like he tried to storm into the opponent's locker room. Remember that story? The NBA is full of good stories. So I like to set aside 15 minutes at the start of every Thursday show to talk about my favorite league and whatever's going on. Right? In this way, I'd like to think that it works out for everybody. If you hate the NBA, well, just don't tune in until 4.15. Hurts my feelings a little bit, but if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. And if it is your thing, you know where to find it. It's every Thursday at 4 p.m., and that includes if you listen on the podcast. You know where to look. The beginning of the podcast on Thursday, you can find the NBA Lounge. The music is just to class it up a little bit. Set it a step above from the rest of the show. We've talked a lot about the Celtics and the Heat. They played last night. We've talked about specific things from the Celtics and from the Heat, right? The Heat and their limited offense. The Celtics, they're very good on defense. I think they're the best roster top to bottom left in the postseason, but they have some personality quirks that I think is cost of a game here and there, and we've talked about that plenty. I want to zoom out today as we step into the NBA lounge and talk about something bigger picture, something that affects both series and all four teams, something that has defined this postseason Up until this point. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. This isn't news to you. All these games have been blowouts. (laughs) Like every single one. When was the last close game we've had? When was the last game we've watched that had uh, clutch minutes or crunch time minutes? However you want to define it, right? The margin is two, three points or less. Less than five minutes remaining in the game. I don't remember what quantifies or qualifies something as clutch time because it's been so long. The last time in this postseason, a game finished within five points at the very end of the game. Oh, it was Bucks celtics That was game five when the Bucks won 110-107. That was 11 days ago. Was that on Wednesday? It was maybe more than 11 days. That was more than 11 days ago. That was 14, 15 days ago. Two weeks ago Wednesday, right? So it's been 15 days in an NBA playoffs where we've got a game every day. It's been 15 days since a game has finished within five points. None of these games have been any good. Here's a cool stat that I found. Zach Cram, the ringer. And he's citing Stathead. I'm going to read this directly to you. Thus far, these playoffs feature seven made field goals in the final 30 seconds of a game that has either tied the score or flipped the score. So does that make sense? There's been seven shots that have brought the score even or switched who's leading within the final 30 seconds of a game. Seven shots. Six of them came in the first round. The Jason Tatum game winner against Brooklyn. The Joel Embiid game winner against Toronto. Trey Young, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and the John Morant game winner. The Anthony Edwards and the John Morant shot came in in one game. Only one of those players is still playing. That's Jason Tatum. The seventh of those seven shots, the final shot that has changed or tied the score with 30 seconds remaining in the game, was in the second round, and that was Bobby Portis. That was in game five. None in the conference finals. None down the stretch of the second round. It's been since game five. Margin of victory has gone up big time as the playoffs have gone on. I'm looking at a little line graph here. The margin of victory was about nine points on average the last week of April, up to 15 on May 10th, and now it's 23 points per game on average on May 17th. For context, 
right? This postseason has been more blowouty than normal, as I've been outlining here. Blowouts are a part of life in the NBA playoffs, right? Think of 2016. I was looking at some scores from that postseason, widely regarded as one of the best in recent memory, right? Games two through four of the Western Conference Finals, which is Thunder Warriors, all decided by 24 points or more. There were blowouts in that series. The finals between the Cavs and the Warriors, all games were decided by double digits until game seven, right? I say all that to say this. The average margin of victory in the NBA playoffs is almost always in double digits. There's always more blowouts than we think. But these playoffs, and especially these conference finals, have been an outlier. They've been total snoozers. And there's two reasons for this. I don't know which which reason's more important. I actually think they're pretty equal. First reason, the Bucks and the Suns got eliminated. And I don't mean to sound like a petty Bucks fan, um, but the Bucks are better than the Heat, and the Suns are better than the Mavs. Now, they didn't earn wins in those series, but both of those teams are better. The Suns had a much better team, much better roster than the Mavs. The Bucks are much better than the Heat. It's not close. And Luka's really, really good, but that doesn't make up for the rest of the team. And the Heat as a team are nasty, really well coached, really well organized. They don't have the talent. They're not young enough. They don't have the shot creation. They don't have the offense, right? The Bucks and the Suns were the two best teams in basketball. I don't think you can argue that they weren't. Chris Middleton plays. The Bucks are playing right now, and I think they've probably already beaten the Heat because they're way better than the Heat. Now, that's not how it works, but the Bucks were the best team in the East. The Suns were the best team in basketball. I don't know what happened to them, but they were the best roster in basketball. They were the best team, right? And they were both upset in the second round. Surprise upsets are really fun, but as we've seen, and, and you can look back through the years, this is almost always true. Second round upsets turn into conference finals blowouts always it's really fun watching the little guy beat the big guy in round two but it always makes for a really boring second series last year when the hawks beat the sixers remember that yeah how are the conference finals the conference finals were so electric that the bucks won in six games despite Giannis not playing right second round blowout second round uh uh upsets are really fun but it always leads to blowouts in the conference finals that's reason number one the bucks and the suns the two best teams got bounced Uh, And that messes with the competitive balance of the postseason. Now, number two, this is something that's really evident last night. Everyone is injured. Everyone all across these playoffs, whether it's the Mavericks, the Warriors, which were the team that was beat up the most throughout the course of the regular season. They might be the healthiest team remaining. Celtics are banged up, right? We get a new injury report every other hour from the Celtics. It's a Willy Woney situation constantly with Robert Williams. Marcus Smart flaps himself into a new injury every night. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, they've been injured. Another thing on Tyler Hero, I tweeted this last night at Wisco Grant. If you're missing a really important game, there should be a limit on how crazy you can dress on the sideline. Remember when we talked about this with Ben Simmons? If Ben Simmons really felt bad about missing games and he really wanted to get back on the court and he felt bad about leaving his teammates hang out to dry, he's not wearing what he's wearing on the sideline. He's wearing a sweatsuit or he's dressing like Chris Middleton. A nice little collared shirt. You know, maybe some essentials, something by Jerry Lorenzo. Fancy, very clean. Maybe Fear of God collection. I'm a big fan of when players bust that out. And Tyler here's on the sideline last night. Big white shirt, sunglasses. It's like, I don't know. You're you're missing a pivotal game five here. And you're the most important offensive player your team has. You don't get to dress like that. I know this is an old man take, but I, I believe in it. I believe in this old man take. Typically, I don't. Anyways, side rant. I'm being a little petty here, especially with Boston on injuries, because I do think they flop and they act so much they actually convince themselves they're injured when they're not. Right, but you watched last night's game. Did anyone out there look 100%? Did a single player out there look 85%? Forget 100. Nay, think 85. Nobody's healthy. 
right? Remember that Ty Lue quote from back in the day when he was asked about injuries? He said, hey, everyone's hurt, but everyone's playing, right? We, we talk about that down the stretch with the NFL too. Nobody's healthy at the end of the year. It's about playing through injuries. It's about dealing with injuries. And that's what this series has become too. The problem is, especially for the Heat, the Heat don't have that many good offensive players to begin with. Jimmy Butler looks so tired that he's having wide open jumpers that don't even get to the rim. And Miami's offense is really suffering because of it. Miami is 80 points per 100 possessions, and that excludes garbage time. That's their last two games. 80 points per 100 possessions. And I know all basketball fans are like, well, I love these low-scoring games. It shows that defense is being played and it's physical. Yeah, but the fr- but as soon as there's a low-scoring game, everyone just bitches about how it sucks to watch, which is a great example as usual sports fans just love to complain, Right? They were 80 points per 100 possessions. The worst offense in the NBA throughout the regular season. Cashed in at 104 points per 100 possessions. 104. 104 per 100. And the Heat are at 80. They're dealing with injuries. They're not that deep to begin with. They're not that good offensively to begin with. Right? And their backcourt is dried up. Kyle Lowry's washed and injured. Gabe, Vincent, and Max Struess. Look at this. Turns out they actually aren't that good. Wow. Never could have seen that coming. And P.J. Tucker is he's great, but he's P.J. Tucker. Right, He's the Al Lazard of the NBA. In a way, it's a good way to think of it. These games have been unbelievably physical, and it's been really fun to watch, and it's intense. We felt that during Bucks celtics Some of the most physical, competitive basketball I've seen in the playoffs in years, but it's taking a toll on these guys, and we're starting to see that now, and people aren't going to like to hear this, but one day off in between games isn't enough. It's not enough. Guys are going to be dealing with nagging injuries. Even in between games five, six, and seven, if this series gets that far, There's only one day of rest, and it's a travel day. So after game four, after game five, after game six, they're not going to get more healthy. And this is, again, an instance of where fans love to complain. Fans love defense. They love physicality. They love effort. But they bitch when Boston only scores 37 points in the first half. Right? Well, which do you want? Do you want the physical defense that beats players up and leads to injuries and leads to low scoring totals? Or do you want to see offense? Right? Because you're going to complain either way. And I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking about basketball fans as a whole. It's the same with time off in between games. You guys love to pitch. Oh, we got to wait until Saturday for game three. Well, do you you want the guys to be healthy? Do you want Tyler Hero to play? Do you want Marcus Smart to play? Do you want Robert Williams, Time Lord? Do you want him out there? Well, then give him an extra day or two. Well, everyone's hurt. These games suck. Yeah, well, you're the one who always whines when there's more than a day in between games. So which way do you want it, right? We're in a tough spot. We need to get to the finals. We need to get there now. The Warriors are going to advance. The Celtics are going to advance, which... I know I was kind of high on the Mavericks. They just don't have the horses. And when the shots aren't falling, it's really evident. Okay. The Celtics are the best team in the NBA. I think they'll beat the Warriors. Let's get on with it. Get on with it then. Just fast forward. Get to the finals. Although if the Mavericks win tonight, watch out because we're back. (laughs) The Mavericks in the finals. Back. Back, baby. That's today's NBA Lounge. Uh, I don't think we have anything else relating to the NBA in tonight's show. We're going to get into the Brewers coming up next. Bart Winkler will join us in 15 minutes. My name, Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, just coming out of the NBA Lounge. That was fun. Let's do it again in a week. Hopefully, we'll have some better games to talk about. Dallas Golden State tonight, and it seems as though Golden State has taken over the series. They're going to win the series. 
and they are allowing Dallas to win a game the other night. They're going to get some of that game five money back at their home arena, which is very smart. But, but if Dallas comes out and smokes the Warriors tonight, I'm not saying Dallas is back. I'm saying we're going to have a conversation tomorrow. The show has become a little bit of a financial syndicate for the Mavericks and the long shot title. It's not that bad of a bet, especially with everyone injured in the East. We'll see. Uh, but Golden State, to their credit, being a, a little bit better of an opponent to Dallas than I thought they would be. And I like Golden State. But if Dallas wins tonight, we're back. We're so back. Bart Winkler is going to join us to talk NBA playoffs, Packers, OTAs, Brewers. We're going to hit a bunch of different things. Bart will be here in 15 minutes. I want to read you a tweet that I got as a reply to my tweet advertising our upcoming guest. Uh, ben tweeted in. He says, I love your show, Grant. But any convert, first of all, thank you, Ben. Uh, it's not very nice of you. But any conversation that includes Bart is going to inadvertently induce spontaneous combustion among the listeners. Last time he was on the show, I watched people cut their ears off and hot glue every orifice shut just to keep Bart out. He's the worst. First of all, and only of all, the only response I have to this, spontaneous combustion is great. Gets people talking. Gets people a buzz. Twitter fingers a Twitter, right? We're, we're We're talking about something. We're doing something. Do you want to listen to me bitch about the Celtics and say the same things that I've been saying for two weeks? You want me to do that instead? I mean, I can. I can. Bart, Bart will probably be bummed out. I imagine he he said no to many invitations. Set aside all his plans to be here at 435 tonight. But if, if that's what you want, it's something new. It's something interesting. What's the issue with Bart? Bart's like the nicest human ever. You can find me on Twitter, as Ben did, at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show, 608-796-2558. I want to talk about the Brewers, right? They just wrapped up a series against San Diego. It was a funeral on Tuesday. And now a couple days later, fast forward, they just took two of three in San Diego against a really good team without some of their best players. So it's amazing how the tune has changed over the last couple of days. The Brewers are becoming a challenge to talk about a little bit, a little bit. It's a privilege to watch this team. It's fun to watch this team. I've said multiple times, I think this is the golden era of Brewers baseball. I don't think it's ever been this good, right? Some might say it's the early 80s. I wasn't around, so I can't speak to it too much. This is great. This is good baseball. They're well-managed. They're well put together. I think the ownership is buying in as much as they can for Milwaukee market. I think this is the Golden Air Brewers baseball. And they're they're great to watch. But it's turning into a challenge to talk about them every day. You sometimes I get in here, you know, my, my legal pad and pen, and I start to write down ideas for the show, and I, I start to think, what's left to say about this team that we haven't already said, right? Every day with the Brewers, we could come in and say, hey, starting pitching is really good. Josh Hader's really good. Let's see if everything else is enough in September. Let's see if the offense can do just enough. Let's see if the rest of the bullpen can be just enough. Let's see if Devin Williams doesn't punch a wall again. Let's see if all of the other things are good enough that the starting pitching and Josh Hader and Craig Council, who's a fantastic manager, let's see if this team can get over the hump. That's about it. And you could say that every day. You could say that during every series. Not much has changed with the Brewers in a couple of years, which is great. Team's been really good. But for conversation purposes, I mean, there's no controversy other than Runners left in scoring position, which is the reality for most of baseball right now. I know Brewers fans think we're especially bad. I don't think they are. I think that's the reality of baseball, right? The magic of rattling off 13 wins in 15 games in May has rubbed off a little bit, right? And that's the price for being the fan of of a contending team is we don't get as fired up about things that maybe we once upon a time did when our team wasn't as good. It doesn't do the trick anymore, right? Like how Christmas loses its luster a little bit as you get older. It's like, actually, I don't want to get up at 4.15 in the morning to see if their presence under the tree. Maybe I'll sleep just a little bit longer, right? Give me, give me 15 minutes after I'm awake to have my coffee before we start yelling and screaming, taking pictures, opening up presents, right? L- loses its luster a little bit. 
you know, shout out to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving only gets better with age. It gets better every year. No magic is rubbing off with Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. That holiday remains elite. There's no magic rubbing off there. Uh, always, always pro-Thanksgiving. Best holidays, Thanksgiving, always. You know what we never talk about with the Brewers that I've started to think about this week? And I really think we should talk about this. Maybe this has been obvious to you. Maybe this has been obvious to everybody else. But I've never heard anyone bring it up on this show for all the conversations we have about the Brewers. Never once do we talk about the Brewers as one of the deepest teams in baseball. Maybe the deepest team. Right? We talk about starting pitching. We talk about whether or not Yelich is ever going to be great again. We talk about what's going on with Keston Hira. We talk about Josh Hader and how brilliant he is. We argue about Craig Council or Craig Clownsel, as some of you like to say. Why doesn't he drop a bunt down every once in a while? And wow, wow, why did he pull Brandon Woodruff in the sixth? He was pitching well. That's every day on this show, and it has been for, for two or three years, right? Have we ever sat down and appreciated and talked about how deep this Brewers team is? I worry about the Brewers' top end. I worry that they don't have a Freddie Freeman like we saw with the Braves last year. Or, I don't know, who led the Dodgers to a title in 2020? I don't even remember. I don't care. That year doesn't really stick in my mind. You need that superstar. You need that top-level guy. And the Brewers haven't had that guy. That's my worry. But the depth? My God. Think about this, okay? Think of the injuries and the absences that the Brewers have dealt with just recently, okay? No Willie Adamas. No Freddie Peralta now. No Hunter Renfro, who is playing as well as anybody on this roster. Josh Hader has been out. Andrew McCutcheon was out. He's still coming back slowly from COVID. All of those things are true. All of those players are missing. And they just took two of three in San Diego. And what's nuts is they almost won a game. They should have won Monday night. And that game was a one-run game, went to extra innings. Josh Hader wasn't available. And then they won a one-run game yesterday. Again, Josh Hader not available. You're winning one-run games against a great offense on the road without your closer, without your, your, your anchor point for the rest of your late-game pitching staff. You build... The eighth inning, the seventh inning, the sixth inning. You build all of that around Josh Hader. And Josh Hader's not there, and you're still winning one-run games against a really good team on the road on the West Coast. That's really, really impressive. When Freddie's injury was announced, it's a huge bummer, don't get me wrong, but I think we all saw the the Freddie Peralta injury, and we heard Craig Council say, well, it's significant, but he's going to pitch again this year. And we're like, oh, okay, so he'll be back for the playoffs? Ah, that stinks. All right, we'll miss watching him. Okay, so are we going to go Aaron Ashby, or are we going to go Ethan Small now? Like, we, move, we moved on immediately because we know, especially in the NL Central, which isn't very good, Freddie Peralta's injury and his absence is going to suck because we don't get to watch him, but it's not going to crater this team. On to the next, right? It's one of my <laughs> one of my favorite Rick Ross lyrics. We're on to the next. So we call up Ethan Small. We use Aaron Ashby, maybe go to a five-man rotation. Maybe that means more Brent Suter and long relief to eat up innings. There are strategies. There are options even with Freddie Peralta out. And in the outfield. Oh, okay, we're without Hunter Renfro. Well, I guess Tyrone Taylor. Look at him. He's hitting the hell out of the ball. Throw him out there. This team just, you can keep poking holes in the boat. And they seem to have an answer every single time. And I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to come on here and talk about how they're so deep that they're infallible. And then tonight they suffer three injuries and we see actually they're they're not as deep. They're, they're a mortal team just like anybody else. So I knock on wood as I say all this. Because I feel like I, I talked a lot about this year about how Chris Middleton never gets hurt, and we underappreciate that aspect of his game. And then he got hurt, and who was it last week called in and yelled at me for it? And I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Chad in Sun Prairie. Seems like something Chad would do. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chad. My point is, we talk about the Brewers pitching, and we talk about Josh Hader, and we talk about the willy-wony situations with Keston Hira and with Christian Yelich. 
we never really sit back and say, you know, for a team that has a limited payroll, really small market, they, they nothing nothing takes this team down. They're like Teflon. Oh, they lose a starter? Doesn't really matter. Lose one of their hottest outfielders? Doesn't really matter. Lose their closer around which they build their entire late-game strategy? Oh, they'll take two or three in San Diego. What the hell, right? Other than the Dodgers, is there another team in baseball for which the same is true? I mean, you could take away the Brewers' best starter, their best hitter, and their best reliever, and this team would still win a majority of their games because there's so many options. I don't know that we ever really talk about that. Maybe it's something you've thought about. Maybe this has been common knowledge. It's been so obvious that no one's felt the need to say it. But I've, I've watched the Brewers the last couple of nights. Just You know what? We don't really appreciate the depth that David Stearns has built up. And now we're excited. Well, Ethan Small getting a call up soon. Maybe Bryce Terang. <laughs> well, actually, maybe we'll get Willie Thomas back. <laughs> maybe Hunter Enfro. Hunter Enfro is pretty good. We'll get him back. And Brewers fans aren't worried about it. We're just we're just on to the next guy. On to the next. Like Rick, Rick Ross said. Now I'm just thinking about Rick Ross. Damn it. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. Do not call me because I will not answer. We're about to get Bart Winkler on the horn coming up in a few minutes. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. We're going to talk about, not Neil Diamond, so no fear. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Brewers, a little bit about TAs and the Packers, maybe some NBA playoffs. Uh, Bart Winkler, the fan, will join us next. Longtime friend of show. Stick around. Don't miss it. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, we're doing OTAs, we're doing Packers stuff in the second half of the show. Did the NBA Lounge already? That's checked off our list. Talk a little bit about the Brewers. Brewers are deep, really deep team. And I feel like we've never talked about that. Maybe we've all been thinking it. I haven't. Maybe you have. Maybe it's been obvious to everyone else. It's nuts. Taking two or three in San Diego. Now we see how they fare over the weekend against St. Louis. Find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can find our next guest, Bart Winkler, at Winks Thinks. Uh, Bart, the last time you were here was Neil Diamond Week, and it was both the best and worst received segment I've ever done. Uh, I, I'm still thinking about it. Well, that's the kind of entertainment I provide for you. You think about him, you know, you think about the interview or the conversation we have and we're talking about your audience and maybe at 530 tonight, they'll think, yeah, that's pretty good. And then at 730, they'll remember something that we said and they'll be so mad. And then tomorrow morning, they'll wake up infuriated. And then maybe tomorrow afternoon at lunch, they'll tell their friends about a good point we made. So I try to I try to always be in your mind, good or bad. <laughs> that's a good that's a good way of looking at it. I want to talk about OTAs with you and some Packers stuff uh, in a couple minutes. First, I need to tell you because I want to share. Um, I, like I have a new thing this week. You ever have this where you have a new take? Like you come up with a new way of looking at sports, and it just it like refreshes the way you do your show for a week, right? You're like, oh, I never thought about it this way. Now I'm excited to go. Yeah, in and talk oh, about I had one of those this week. What what was it? I'm curious. Uh, that baseball sucks. Okay, in what way? If baseball was invented today, I would not like it. I heard that take. I think you're probably right. I don't yeah. know what it means, but I, I found that really interesting. I've been thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. What was yours? So the this was brought on by the Celtics, but now I'm I'm using it with other teams. I just I've become a big body language guy, like mentality guy. Like I think the Celtics whine and they bitch and they flop 
and it takes them out of their game. And the Celtics should have won. The Celtics, this should not be going six or seven games. The Celtics are so much better than the Heat. And yet I think they gave up a game or two against the Bucks because they were whining and they they got out of their locked-in mode. They're a team that gets rattled really easily. And now when I when I watch them, that's all I think. So I've been paying attention to body language and mentality. Like Giannis, the most whining he ever does is a little shrug, and he's right back into the play, and he's terrifying. Giannis is scary. Jason Tatum could drop 45, and if he's whining every other play, he doesn't scare me. So I, I, that's really been in my mind as I watch the Celtics, and I've been applying that to, to other teams. I find that really interesting. I think the, my problem with the Celtics, if anyone has the stomach to still watch that series, is they yeah. like Grant Williams last night. They're up 19, and Grant Williams gets slightly brushed in the face. Mm-hmm. And and he goes down, and he just, they just they don't need they don't need to do it. They They're just, very good. Like they, don't they need can't it. get out of they can't get out of the habit. The Celtics are a good team. No one's questioning that they're good. They they are better than the Heat. They're probably the second best team left. They're probably the second best team this whole time. But they do all these things that they don't need to, and that's why I don't like Chris Paul so much. And that's yeah. why everybody like celebrated when Chris Paul got out because it's not like they just they don't need to do it and you're right it does it does kind of bring them maybe like they played down to their own level they're not playing down to anyone else's level they're playing down to their own level so it's been it has been infuriating to watch and I don't I don't understand it it seems like with the Celtics a lot of that is Grant Williams like a lot of that's Marcus Smart Mm -hmm. but they all kind of like Marcus Smart, and, you know, he went Defense Player of the Year. Nobody likes Grant Williams on that team. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes him. Even Deuce Tatum will give him a high five in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, kids know. So kids, kids know. Kids know. You have a son. They pick up on things. It's just nuts. Yeah, like Deuce Tatum, what is he, four years old? Mm. He knows. He knows already that this guy sucks. Yeah, I don't think their coach, Ime Udoka, I think he gets pissed at his own team sometimes. He's got to be on the sideline like, oh, these guys are so soft. I swear to God. Like, I I think he gets frustrated. And I know when he first got into Boston, it didn't go well right away. And I think maybe that was why. He came in, he's like, you guys, this is, you're way better than this. And I think it takes him out of their game. So now when I'm watching the Packers, or b- baseball's a little bit different. Maybe it'd be tough to do with baseball, but I like, I'm a body language guy now. Like, I want to see how you behave in between plays and, and whether or not you stay locked in because I think it makes a huge difference. Really quickly on the Bucks before we move on, I asked this to Ebo, who was on my show last week, and, and you're a guy who's on the radio every day, so I'm curious with you. Where did the Bucks elimination after Game 7, so you come in on Monday, where did that rank all time in, in like, end-of-season shows when you come in the next day and, and you have to talk about how your team's been eliminated? Where did that rank? Because I think it was the easiest one. I was just like, hey, Middleton wasn't there. Sometimes it's not your year. Last year was their year. They won a title. This year it wasn't their year. And it was very easy for me. Uh, I mean, when you say easy, I mean, like, the heart, the hard, the heartbreaks are easy because you yeah. don't have to talk. Everyone just calls and complains. Well, that's true. With the Packers, the, that's true. The analysis might have been. I think that, yeah, I think, well, it didn't hurt as much. You know, there was a. Okay, I understand. For two reasons. One, yeah, they won the title. Mm-hmm. Of course. But then, yeah, Middleton was hurt. And I think that the national media has done a terrible job at remembering that. And I do think a lot of uh, Bucks fans have kind of done a bad job at that, too. I see a lot of P.J. Tucker discourse. Yeah. And people are trying to say, well, if we had P.J. Tucker, we would have won that series. Mm. Uh, how about if we had Middleton? Yeah. Like, let's, let's talk more about the fact that 
as good as that Celtics team is, the Bucks almost beat them without Chris Middleton. Yeah. And so I think that, that you know, you see the Celtics team hold the heat to 80-some points. Look what Giannis did against the Celtics. He's putting up nearly triple doubles. He's putting up 40 points a game a couple of different nights. Put up monster lines. I don't know what it was, 35 and 12 and 6. Something well, crazy. He had a 44-20 and 6 or something, didn't he, in game 6? It was a loss. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how he does that. He's the one unanimous guy on the all NBA team. He is all he's on the all defensive team. And then for MVP, people are like, the Jokic or Embiid. Yeah. Like what what how? I mean, yes, come on. Small storyline, but still funny. Embiid on social media basically begging Pat Riley in the heat to trade for him or try to get him somehow last night was really funny. Oh, I know. They need a star. Imagine if imagine if a Bucks player did that. What we would be saying today? I'd be losing my mind. That's all we'd be talking about right now. Well, Embiid, Embiid, and you know Philly. It's like, hey, we're going to do this process. They haven't gotten out of the second round yeah. ever since the process. And meanwhile, they keep bringing in different pieces. Keep trying. And the one guy he actually liked, Jimmy Butler, they rushed to get rid of. Yeah. And so now he's got like like he hated Ben Simmons. I don't think he expected Harden to be this bad. Harden so it sucks for him. Hey, I feel a little bad for Embiid. He's been really unlucky. Like, all of these guys have, like, Matisse Teibel even this year, he's a smaller name player, but he just, like, forgot how to play basketball. Like, guys just kind of crumble around it. But I know, if a Bucks player would have done that on Twitter and be like, Miami needs another star, we'd be losing it today. Luckily, Giannis. Did you see the headline today, the TMZ thing? He was in L.A., and he was asked about, you know, I don't know what the question was, but he basically said, hey, dinner here is too expensive. The city's not for me. I'm like, ah, that's my that's my guy. Seeing that well, on yeah, that's, that's how rich people should act. Yes, yes. Act like you don't have any money. Stay humble. No, I agree. I agree. We're talking with Bart Winkler. Flaunting your yachts down the Mississippi. Bart Winkler would never lead it on. Bart is increasingly wealthy. Um, a huge time sports talk radio host who has a huge contract, I'm sure. Uh, but you'd never know because of how uh, humble he I, is. You That's know what? Point. I would wager that you might make more than me. I don't want to do this conversation. I really this, think you might. This is the opposite of a you-know-what measuring contest. This is that in reverse. I don't know what that would mean, but no, I, I don't want to. I, dude, I did the percentage of what my salary is compared to Aaron Rodgers, uh, and it's it's not great. It's, it's certainly not great. The percentage doesn't make it look good. We're talking with Bart Winkler. Winks thinks on Twitter really quickly on the Brewers, and then I want to talk Packers for a sec. I And I think you maybe heard me mention this. It blows my mind how deep this team is, and we never really talk about it, right? We talk about starting pitching, hater, and then we talk about how we hope the offense is going to be good enough. Maybe if your uh, respective sports show host is really smart, they talk about how good Craig Council is as a manager. That's a big talking point. But we never talk about the depth. This team just – Josh Hader was out. The one guy who they use in late game, they build everything else around him. Yeah. They almost won an extra inning game, and then they won a one-run game yesterday on the road without Hater. I just, I don't know if we talk about how deep this roster is enough. I don't appreciate that. Well, yeah, the series was a good example with with no Hater, like you mentioned, and Devin Williams, three appearances for him all week, missing Renfro, who is who is playing so. That's the thing about Renfro; he was crushing it. He was playing so yeah. well, it almost counts for a double loss. Missing Adamas. And they're not even using Keston Hero, who was, like, back and maybe looked like he figured it out for a minute. But then they're not even using him. I think where that really comes in is the pitching, obviously. Uh, and that's why I still Freddy. think the Brewers are going to go wire to wire the rest of the way in first place. Just because 
a good pitching staff like that, you're not going to have long losing streaks. Even yesterday, what do they have? Four hits? Yeah. Two runs? Was that it? Yeah, and, and they get the win because the pitching staff's been so good. A guy like Freddie Peralta, if the Brewers lost a Freddie Peralta caliber player from 1995 to <laughs> 2017, yeah. they'd be toast. But now they have, I mean, the, he's not, but if these guys pitch well, you could almost make an argument he's the sixth best starter. Did you lose any sleep with him getting hurt? Because I saw it, and I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. I really like watching Freddie. He's fun to watch, but okay, maybe we call up Ethan Small, Aaron Ashby. Like, It's not really going to be a big deal. No, I, I think it might be a big deal if he doesn't come back for the playoffs. Yeah. But but then maybe, I mean, the pitching, it, it is really good. Yeah, when Freddie first got hurt, I thought, man. And then I found out it's going to be a while, and I thought, yeah. oh, man. That's but I'm not it. like, yeah, I'm not like, they, they've got the guy. I mean, Ashby steps up and is like his best performance of the season yesterday. So, well, they have other no, it will hurt. It will hurt them in the stuff. They got a doubleheader Monday. Yeah. That stinks. So they got to try to figure out what to do there. But, I mean, a game, they're fine. It's May. Oh, by the way, you mentioned that era of Brewers baseball. So I talk with David Gasper from Reviewing the Brew every Tuesday. We were classmates at UWL, and I just I just love having someone else once a week. And we have this nice thing. And this week I started this, this little segment or a feature we do at the end where we just share a random brewer with each other. Because two weeks ago we mm. got talking about Jeff Supon, and then that turned into the rest of the show because people just wanted to call in and rip Jeff Supon for no reason. So on Tuesday, my random brewer that I presented to him was Jody Garrett, and he presented to me oh. Dave Burba, who would have been right in the, the thick of that time window that you gave me earlier. You know, like Jody Garrett, he hit for a cycle. People forget. No, nobody forgets. Somehow nobody. <laughs> okay. Did you, do you, were you around, around? Do you remember when they traded for Kevin Mensch? No. My, my brewer's memory is worse than the other teams. Baseball, I... I I believe you need to be a certain age to really get into baseball and understand it all. What year did they trade for Kevin Mench? They traded for Kevin Mench one year. He was an outfielder with the Rangers, and he showed up during the game. And the 2006. Game was 06, 07, 06. Yeah, 2006. They have the cameras on him as he's walking into the tunnel like he's Goldberg in WWE, and then he gets he carries a bat in the ninth inning, and he's like, it would have been like the greatest show up to work, pinch hit in the ninth ever. And then they didn't pinch hit him. Oh, that's so lame. We're, we're so mad. What else did we have in 2006? Yeah, I would have been eight years old. So not quite. My first Brewers memory was in 2008. And my memory is, I think, upsetting my dad, who had probably just worked a really long day and didn't want to answer all my questions. And I was trying to understand Brewers, Phillies, and like how the playoffs work. And I remember specifically asking like one or two too many questions. And he's just like, I can't. You're not getting it, son. Like, I'm getting, you know what I mean? That's my first Brewer's memory, and that my was 2008. My first Brewer's memory was 20 years earlier than that. Well, you're 20 years older than me, Bart. That's probably why. Um, can we talk, really quickly, can we talk Packers? Uh, so, I I feel a little bit bad about this, but I think you'll I think you'll feel me. I was at the Y on Monday morning, and sometimes. Oh, wow, good for you, Grant. Sh- shut up. I like to tell stories. It helps pass the time. Uh, Fox and Friends is on the TV a lot, but it was Get Up on ESPN. And uh, the question along the bottom was, the, the what was that? Can't tell if that's an up or down grade. I don't know. They're the same. They're always on mute. But sometimes I just like seeing the prompts along the bottom of the screen. I think I was probably listening to your show, but I was watching the TV. Boy. And it, I know. And the question was, is it necessary for Rodgers to attend OTAs? And I'm like, I got I to gotta do that on my show. Not that I want to. Not that it matters. But that's, I, I wrote two bullet points down. It filled an hour and a half. 
people called in. We were talking about every angle. Like we, I, I got into how Rodgers doesn't have kids, and that impacts how he views OTAs. It was one sentence, and it was an hour and a half of content. I feel bad about it a little, but the show was pretty good. Explain that one to me. Well, and you're a father, so maybe you can add it to this. I believe once you have kids, this is very Colin Cowherd, your worldview changes. You now are very okay with and you understand spending time and energy on things that aren't for you, right? Like you give up your Saturday to go to a soccer tournament and you don't think twice about it because it's your child, right? Rogers being a birthday party this weekend for a three-year-old. Right, and you're going. You don't want to, but it's your son, so of course you wouldn't miss it, right? Rogers, going to OTAs is not about Rogers. It's for everyone else, really. It's for morale. It's for everything else. But he can't understand that because he doesn't have the mindset of a father like you, right? So the show devolved into that on Monday. I think Rodgers should be there. I do too. If only to, yeah, not for him. He needs to be there to show the other guys his commitment. Mm -hmm. And my biggest thing is these guys are starstruck from him. Oh, that's a good point. These guys, you, you hear every year they interview the rookies and, you know, Sarah news reporter goes up and says, What's it like to be in a locker room with Aaron Rodgers? And the guy's like, man, I grew up watching this guy. I hope to meet him someday. He's mm-hmm. like right down the hall. You got to wear that off. He's got to get in there and, and cool that down. Yeah. Like Christian Watson, at what point in Christian Watson's career will he no longer think, will he think, I just caught a ball from my quarterback. Yeah. Not, I just caught a ball from Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while to go away. And the guy's blocking for him. This is so minor, but also, is it? Well, what else are we going to talk about? You want to play Jordan Love Cuts no, about? No, 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 you no, no, know no. what I mean? Like, this is, no, this is, I enjoy like, these conversations. I don't know if it's minor. Well, I think it might, like, I think it might be. Major. A thing. Yeah. It's the same yeah, with him not having kids. somebody, God, I try to do a dumb work comparison. Uh, I don't even know. It's tough. Your producers oh. probably feel starstruck when they start working with you, and there's probably an acclimation period. That's probably the same thing. Would you? That's. Would you stop doing that kind of stuff? Well, it's kind of funny because I'm. I'm. You're on in the big city, and I can kind of punch up at you in this situation. So I'm. I'm on the big be... city. You're on in like 17 cities. Yeah, but it's. You're right. It's a little different. Can I tell you a lacrosse story really quickly before we go? Yes. So we live in a house on the south side, right by Badger Corrugating. We can walk to Snuffy's and the Barrel Inn. Oh, it's great. Right, you live by the Barrel Inn and Snuffies. Yeah, it's a, it's a awesome. Nice, I know. I'll send you a picture sometime. Anyways, we're moving out next week, and we no, had this. We had this. Old, it's a great. They do. They redid it. It's nice in there. It's it's nice, Bart. It's really nice. Okay, wow. we're moving out, and I texted our landlord, and I said, "Hey, we have this old washer dryer because we had them replaced. It's in our porch. It's been there since March. What do you want us to do with them? Right." Like, who are we calling to pick it up? How do we get rid of this? And she goes, leave them in the front yard with a free sign. The scrappers will come get them. And me and my roommate are like, what scrap? Do they come out of the woodwork at night to just pick up broken washer dryers? Like, there's no way. I felt bad leaving them out there because the neighbors. We drop. We put them on the curb. We go to the YMCA yesterday. We're gone for an hour and 15 minutes. We come back at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. They're gone. Gone. Where did these people come from? And were they driving around with a trailer? Because there's a lot of goodies on the curb right now, but I was blown away. I was floored by that. Oh, yeah. If there's goodies, that, yeah, you have people that just wake up and drive. I kind of want to do that. You, you, well, I mean, they, they, I don't know. Pandemic hurt a lot of us. We got to 
find ways to make some money. Are you? Did you get a trailer and you drive around? You live in Shorewood. Do you just drive around Shorewood looking for furniture? The turnover is probably not as high in your neighborhood. Oh no! In Shorewood, we donate it all to oh, the good. Uh, good to the local Goodwill. My landlord wants the son of a bee. We have like two minutes. Yeah, he furnishes our apartment, and then he charges me for a bunch of stuff that we didn't ever get. And so the day of moving day of moving out day, I call him. It's not there. And it's his, it's his secretary, and she's like, uh, Robert has gone to Bermuda for <laughs> two and a half months. You Smart. call with this concern. So, of course, I'm not going to call again. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to that landlord, that's the equivalent of us taking off work during the Major League Baseball All-Star break. I don't want to have to do a show that week. That makes my life harder. So I'm going to strategically take my vacation then. It's a scummy move, but I don't know. It's strategic by a landlord. No, it's called thevery. Well, he robbed me. I just assume I'm losing my security deposit. Whether or not I deserve to or not, I assume it's gone. The security deposit never, no one never gets it back. I know. It's a scam. That's a scam too. And I know my roommate, we're going to lose some money next week for the blinds or whatever. And he's going to be pissed. And I'm going to say, hey, Ryan. It was, it was never ours. We were never getting this back. Just assume it's gone and go through life that way. It'll be way easier. Yeah, it's basically uh, you're too stupid to buy a house tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, before I let you go, by the way, I woke up this morning. I looked at my schedule for the day, and I decided at 8 p.m. that as soon as I'm done here tonight, I'm walking up the corner to my favorite bar because, no, my roommate's in town, girlfriend's gone, I have nothing going on, and I'm going to sit there until I want to go to bed, and that is my night tonight. And you will not believe the day I've had, knowing that that's my plan, It's I'm floating through the day. Floating. Well, watch the Warriors. Enjoy them. I have a big bet on Dallas, so I want them to win. Dumb, bad. Uh, I have to go in, like, the next 30 seconds. Thank you, Bart. Have an awesome night. Grant, thank you. Links, thanks on Twitter. I have to take a break uh, right now. We'll be back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Want to argue with you? Uh, better call Saul better than Breaking Bad. Go ahead. Well, Breaking Bad was really, really good until they killed off the main drug dealer. What was Spoiler this? alert. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I don't know how we package it. I don't know how we put it in a bundle and make it work for the show. But this idea of just mentioning random brewers at random times, it's kind of electric. And people like it. Schmidt on the north side texted in no context because no context is needed. He just said Tony Tony Graffino and Jeff Jenkins. Yes. Yep. You said all that needs to be said, Schmidt. Get a tweet here. Tony in Texas brought up Kevin Mench and Coco Cordero for Carlos Lee and get this Nelson Cruz. Hashtag people forget. People do forget about that trade. It's random brewers. Again, I don't know how he package it. I think it's a segment that works best when we talk to David Gasper. I name a brewer for him. He names a brewer for me. We laugh. We move on. But it might just have to be a thing I do with every guest when the brewers come up. It's like, hey, uh, Frank Catalanato. Move on. <laughs> That's how it works. It's how, the context is not needed. The backstory is not needed. It's just what guys do. We sit around and we name random guys. Mike Rivera. Great backup catcher. I think he hit for the cycle once upon a time, too. Didn't he? George Kataris? One of those guys did. 
probably all of them in some random weird April game on a Thursday night against the Marlins. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're enjoying this lovely day. We're going to talk Packers OTAs here in a little bit. Big thank you to Bart Winkler, who's always very generous with his time. Uh, longtime friend and very willing contributor to the show, uh, which is why, which is why, by the way, I don't ask guests that often. Uh, all of the guests that join the show, for the most part, I consider to be friends, and I really enjoy talking to, and I really enjoy catching up with them. And I think that makes for the best content, as opposed to here is from basketball news dot uh, fan. we got uh, oh uh, Mike Mike Hansen. Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's like, well, I don't know Mike. I know Bart. I've always appreciated Bart's contributions to the show. Let's go to the phone, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, the Brewers have got some major trouble. I'd like to see the Brewers make some deals. Trouble? Uh, but, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, let me think now. Uh, I think the Brewers should make some kind of a deal. But uh, anyways, yeah, I hear you're going to move. I, I hope and pray pray that you uh, find yourself a nice place because uh, I really like the South Side. Uh, really I really enjoy too. the South Side. I, I like Snuffies and I like the Old Baron too. Uh, oh. It's very good. Great establishment. And you know what? Great people. I love the neighborhoods down there. That's my favorite part. I'm moving. I, I used to- well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just about to say I'm just moving downtown so I can be closer to work because – yeah. Oh, oh, you work. You work at WKTY, don't you? Yes, sir. Downtown Lacrosse. Now, Brent, uh, I, I hear you uh, two hours a day on the radio, but you probably you probably work longer than two hours a day, right? Yeah, I'm here most of the day. Yeah, but most of the day, I'm I'm just I'm in this dark little room locked away, and I'm preparing for the show. I'm memorizing stats, and I'm watching film, and I'm I'm grinding is what I'm doing. Are you guys still looking for a good radio announcer, most likely, uh, Grant? Are we looking for a good radio announcer? Yeah. Oh, we're always looking for good radio announcers. Because I know Dave Carney still does the ads. That guy's got a great voice. I love his voice, Grant. Yeah, we miss Dave. Dave does have an excellent voice. I'm jealous of his voice. Yeah, we're going to miss Dave on the morning. But we got Ebo and, and Rowdy and Ben who've done an awesome job. And this week, he, Ebo's he, on he, vacation, he, so he, I think he, Ben's he, been filling he, in. I love Ben. Yeah, he's... He still does your advertisements, doesn't he? Yeah, yep. He's on a couple of them. So you hear his voice. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyways, Grant, uh, again, I uh, really love your show. And uh, anyways, I think Rogers should come to the OTAs, but that's Good. just my opinion. But I feel like if he doesn't want to come, that's okay, too. But uh, I think Jordan Love is going to have a good season because uh, I feel like uh, uh, Packers, you know, He's going to come around Jordan Love. What do you think? I think so, too. We're going to talk about Jordan Love, and I appreciate the call, Ken, and I'm sorry I didn't recognize your number. We're going to talk about Jordan Love. We're actually going to hear from Jordan Love coming up in about 20 minutes. A question that I want to pose, and you don't need to answer. It's a question that I can talk about and we'll work through, but if you have an answer, I'd love for you to chime in. You know, what is the what's the new measurement of success for Jordan Love now? Roger's on a new deal, assumedly till he retires, Right at one point, we thought Jordan Love was the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, right? So anytime he'd get in the game for six minutes, even if it's a preseason game, we'd have people breaking down every throw on Twitter. Every every throw. And now that he's more of a Brett Hundley than an Aaron Rodgers in 2009, right? I think some of the intrigue is gone. He's just a backup. So how do we judge the success or lack thereof of Jordan Love? 
We're going to talk about that coming up. I love that Ken, so Ken called in to talk Brewers. I want to talk a little bit, reset the show here, talk a little bit about basketball and a little bit about the Brewers before we get to the Packers. But I love that Ken, on his way out the door of that call, is basically like, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers should show up. <laughs> like it's like it's the organ donor designation on the back of your, your ID. Remember in Superbad when Bill Hader goes, he's an organ donor, <laughs> right? This is like, well, Ken, we're not talking about it, but since we're having a discussion, yeah, before I go, Rogers should be at OTAs. All right, thanks. Have a good night. Just got to get that out there. Just check, check that box. We're going to do Packers here in about 15 minutes. Thank you for the call, Ken. 608-796-2558, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Two things that we tackled back at the beginning of the show, and if you want to hear more discussion on both of these points, you can go back and find it in the podcast. Lots of blowouts in the NBA. We had another one last night. Celtics beat the Heat 93-80. to The Celtics are the better team. Always have been from the start of this series. They've gotten in their own way at times, and Miami has certainly had some good games, which is why the series is going to go at least six. Uh, But Boston is much better. But the blowouts, it's every single game. There haven't been a lot of great games, right? I feel like each of these games has had one possession at some point, normally in the second or the third quarter. Ooh, look at the ball. Pass, pass, shot. Ooh. And that's about as much electricity as I've gotten from any of these games. I read you earlier in the show a stat that I found last night. Thus far, these playoffs feature, or this is from, I'm trying to read this verbatim here. This is from uh, Zach Cram at the Ringer. Thus far, these playoffs feature seven made field goals in the final 30 seconds of a game that have either tied the score or flipped the score, according to Stathead. Six of those shots came in the first round. Tatum game winner, game one. Embiid game winner in game three. Trey Young, Rudy Gobert, and then Anthony Edwards and John Morant had those those back and forth shots that one game in Memphis right the seventh and final shot that either tied or flipped the score in the final 30 seconds of the game was Bobby Portis in game five in Boston and I believe that was to tie correct on the offensive rebound I think it was to tie I don't think he took the lead on that right there haven't been any crunch time minutes in the finals it's been a big snoozer the margin of victory is averaging up near right now it's just gotten bigger and bigger as the playoffs have gone along Average margin of victory so far is about 23 points as of a couple of games ago. It's just nuts, right? Two reasons why these games are close. Number one, Miami is not on Boston's level like Milwaukee was, and Dallas isn't on Golden State's level like Phoenix would have been. That's not to say that Dallas and Boston don't deserve to advance and they haven't earned their position in the conference finals, but Milwaukee's better than Miami by a lot. And Golden Phoenix might have been better than everyone in the league by a lot. I don't know what happened to them. That's one of the most bizarre losses and collapses that we've ever seen. But then again, maybe we should have expected it with Chris Paul. We've been seeing it for a long time. I don't know. Second round upsets are fun. Like last year when the Hawks beat the Sixers or this year when the Mavs beat the Suns. But second round upsets almost always lead to snoozers in the conference finals. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why a lot of these games aren't close. Another reason why these games aren't close. These guys are tired. Banged up, they're knocked around, and everyone in all of these games, it seems, has at least one injury, right? Tatum appeared to hurt three different things on an offensive foul in the second half last night. He came up, touched his knee, then he went to his shoulder, then he was shaking his wrist out. I'm like, man, you're just a walking infirmary, buddy, aren't you? I'm glad he's doing okay. He recovered from all three injuries, it looks like. All these teams are getting one day of rest, and that's it. And later into these series, that one day of rest is used for travel. So because these teams are so injured and they're so banged up and they're they're not rested at all, they'll let go of the rope in the third quarter. They're like, screw this. We're not fighting tooth and nail and further beating ourselves up to just try to stay in a game that we have no business winning. 
Right, and that's what happened last night. Last night, Miami, it had been close. They just let go of their open the third quarter. Tatum had 22 points on 20 shots last night. It's not exactly a great game. That's a Drew Holiday game. But at the end of the third quarter, Tatum and Brown combined for 20 points on 8 of 8 shooting. The team goes on a 24-2 run, and that was that. Easy as that, right? Is actually for the conference finals that Boston should win for the first time since 2008. Boston gets the conference finals a lot. They don't advance. They're a lot very Packerish in that way, right? Boston was positioned against a fighter that's pretty easy to knock out because Miami just isn't capable of scoring in bunches. If you can put, like they did last night, a 24-2 to run on them, it's about as simple as that. That ends the game. So Tatum can have 22 points on 20 shots, which is hardly great, especially for the best player on a team. Right, if Giannis had 22 points on 20 shots, they're getting blown out. Right, but the Celtics, because the Heat can't score and because everybody's so banged up, you put one good run on a team in the third quarter, game's over just like that. I want to talk about the Brewers for a couple minutes before we get into the Packers here after our first break of the hour. Tuesday was a funeral. Remember that? That extra innings loss, and I came in here. I said, why is everyone acting like the hearse is driving around the block here? It was one regular season loss. Well, they left runners in scoring position. So does every team in every game ever. No one in Major League Baseball can hit for average at all. You think it's just the Brewers that leave runners in scoring position? You think we're the only fan base to watch our team to see them strand runners when the bases are loaded? It happens every night. Stop wallowing. Stop being sad because after Tuesday's funeral, it took two of the next three in San Diego or took both of the next two games in San Diego, and they did so without Hunter Renfro. They did it without Willie Adamas. And you know the wildest part? And this is something I only started to think about today. They should have won in extras on Tuesday if just with a little bit more opportunistic hitting. And they did win a a one-run game last night with no hater. Do you know how hard it is to win? What was the final score last night? Was it 2-1? to Am I remembering correctly? They won a ball game in San Diego 2-1 to last night with no Josh hater. Do you know how, (laughs) you know how hard that is to do? Josh Hader is the pillar. He's the foundation. He is the cornerstone around which they build their entire late game strategy. Craig Council manages, and he has the luxury of managing in such a way where he can block off the ninth inning. I don't have to worry about it. If we get it to the ninth, we win. All right. My starting pitcher is probably going to get me six. You can treat that as a foregone conclusion with the staff in 2022. And I can block out the ninth. So really the only management of the pitching staff that Craig Council has to do, how can I eat up the seventh and the eighth? And with Brad Boxberger and Devin Williams, especially Devin Williams really appearing to get it more locked in, Craig Council's job isn't too difficult right now. Got a little bit more difficult this week with some injuries, especially with Hayter. And they were able to almost win an extra inning game and win a one-run game yesterday against a really good offense on the road. That's, That's really impressive. We talk all the time about the Brewers starting pitching. We talk all the time about Josh Hader. I talk all the time about Craig Council. You know what we never really talk about? The insane depth of this team in all departments. They're just not short on anything. They can absorb an injury to their starting rotation, and we're going to see them absorb the Freddie Peralta injury for the next couple of weeks. They can absorb losing Josh Hader. This is what I said earlier, and I, I almost don't want to say it because it makes me a little nervous. I don't want to jinx it, although we have no connection to what's going on. You could take away the Brewers' best offensive player, their best reliever, and their best starter. And it it just wouldn't really... I mean, they'd lose games, but not... Like, they wouldn't crater. I guess that's what I should say. They wouldn't bottom out. They wouldn't crater. 
Let's listen to Craig Council last night. He talked about the depth of the bullpen stepping up in the series without Josh Hader. I mean, that, that's what uh, you kind of the, the unit does is that they they pick uh, each other up, and um, you know, we're missing Josh, and a lot of guys delivered some great stuff today. It was uh, you know Louis Perdomo got got four outs for us. Um, you know, did it really well. Went through the top of their order um, in, the, in the seventh, and then Box had a, had a great inning. And then Devin, you know, on three days in a row, um, you know, closed it out with just a bunch of good pitches. Just kind of kept making pitches. Box guy, Boxberger, right? With Williams dealing, and it seems that Boxberger he's got to work a little bit harder than maybe he did last year or earlier in his career when he was really a true closer. But the way that this Brewers team can lose a guy here, lose a guy there, lose a guy anywhere, and just keep chugging along. I don't know if we talk about that enough. We talk, There's plenty to talk about with this Brewers team, but we never really talk about the depth. Let's talk about, uh, well, whatever Ed wants to talk about. Ed is in Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Ed? Hey, Grant. I tell you, kind of the dog days right now. We only have Brewers to talk about, but no one wants to get overly hyped on the Brewers. I think they were let down last year and even the year before that you know they had that fluke injury with Yelich and everything and mm-hmm. you know they just never seemed to get their swagger back I think this year they got their swagger back and I think they're doing it very quietly you know adding McCutcheon to the team to me was so key in having Colton Wong in the lineup mm-hmm. I mean you got two stud veterans that are leaders on that team and you know I heard through the grapevine that some of the players around the team in the past were just a little too high energy, maybe a little too crazy. And I think a lot of players kind of like don't relate that well. You look at Colton Long and they're sort of silent with their leadership and they lead by example. I think that's a key to the team. Um, I got to tell you, the one thing that we don't talk about, and I don't, I don't think I hear you say much of it, but our general manager, man, he's a stud. I mean, he is the key to this organization that has actually brought the Brewers back into um, basically out of mediocrity. Um, We were always average or below, and I tell you, man, he he knows his game. He reminds me of Billy Ball. He just knows his players. You don't go out and make the big splash, but he sure makes a splash, and, and I love that about the man. He's so knowledgeable, and, of course, it all turned around when Antanasio took over the team, obviously. I met him one time. I was just going, getting ready to go into the game. He pulls up in a golf cart, and he comes up and shakes people's hands. He shook my hand. Really? I'm like, how many owners will do that? I mean, usually they're like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to touch you. I don't even want to know. You know, and I was so impressed. I mean, that's just, to me, that he, he embodies what Milwaukee is, Wisconsin is, when it comes to fans. How endearing is that? I mean, I mean, look at the team. We're just thriving. And I'll tell you that one more take I got. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the bullpen, when they knew Hater wasn't going to be there for a while, I think they buckled down. I think they said, let's don't screw this up because Josh is not here. And I think they're just showing, like you said, the key word, depth. Depth. I think that's what I love about this team. So, Anyway, when you lose a couple key players, they step up and they fill in. And they're not that exciting. They're not hitting grand slams. They're not going, you know, no. hitting a lot of major home runs. But, man, they're sure doing it methodically. Wow. Ed, so, uh, Ed I, know. I, I, want, I want to have a back and forth with you here. 
but I, that was one of the yeah. best calls in the show ever. I don't want to taint anything you just did from start to finish. I agreed with everything you said. I, that was excellent. Thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. You make me feel a little more educated some days when I sit and listen to you because you get me thinking. Wow. And I think that's what I love about your show. You get me thinking as a fan, and that's why I like your show. Wow, Ed. Well, you, you got, got me. All about... Oh, well, thank you. Hey, I, mean, I wish I could come to your show sometime and join you. I'd be fun. My wife says, you know so much where some guys know so little, and they act like they know more. But you, and my wife, Sometimes you see things that I can't see and a lot of other people don't see. She goes, why don't you do this for a living? I go, well, I can't do that for a living because I just don't have those connections. I missed my calling, and maybe, I guess. Um, hey, come but, to lacrosse you know, anytime we can, uh, we can talk. Let me know if you're in town. We'll get some beers, and, and we'll talk sports, Ed. I'd love that. I would love Grant, man. That would be like a highlight for me, bud. That'd be my, um, what's a uh, bucket list? Oh, get a bigger bucket awesome. list. But that's flattering. Thank well, you. <laughs> I'm not young. And I, I, to be honest with you, I really don't like bucket lists because that kind of means you're sort of thinking yeah. your, your time is near. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have a saying, time to get kicking. And um, and I say I don't mean the bucket either. I mean I, I life is just too short, and I look at life as an opportunity, and that's how I look at it. So, but man, thank you for everything you do, and have a great Memorial Weekend. Yeah, you as well, Ed. Thank you for the call. Excellent call, Ed and Madison. Bucket list items. You know what's on my bucket list? Uh, going to London with my good good friend and uh, good a colleague as you can ask for, going to cover the Packers in London with Zach Heilprin. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, man, I'm Zach Heilprin. I'm just, I'm just so thrilled for the opportunity to do that this fall. Nothing's set in stone. Uh, nothing's been paid for or reserved. But I tell you what, I floated the idea to my boss today, and she, um, <laughs> I'm not saying she laughed it off, but the closest thing to laughing it off. So now we work. Now the seed has been planted. The idea has been put in, in, in the higher-up's mind. Uh, and now we go. So we're talking about bucket list items. I want to go across the pond with Zach Heilprin. That's And that's getting checked off this year. I'll see to it. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the Packers coming up next. I have a couple of uh, sound bites from Jordan Love. Maybe you dip into that. Little Randall Cobb. Maybe we could dip into that. And I have a list of bullet points, things I'm excited about and things that I'm focusing on at OTAs, things that I'm genuinely pumped about. And I want to talk about that. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Man, talking to Bart Winkler today. We talked to Ken. Talked to Ed and Madison. Great call from Ed. Great call. Called in, stuck to the topic we were discussing, brought some unique points to the to the table. We we rambled for a minute at the end, you know, just BS back and forth, and then we went our separate ways. Ten out of ten. That's how it's supposed to be done. Give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grand. We're about to talk Packers. OTAs. Mike Clements and Zach Heilprin, two of my favorite people, just blowing up my email and I love it blow up my email some more Mike Clemens you email me at 2 in the morning I'll wake up and I'll look at it because I can't wait to see the audio the audio coming in Jordan Love talking about this Tyler Davis talking about this Dean Lowry talking I want it I want all of it I want all the OTA content all right reporters in the locker room again practicing out on the field nature is healing okay 
And especially this afternoon, I was really trying to organize my thoughts on OTAs. I sat down and I said, Grant, make a list. All right. Let's say you, you have to name three or four things that you're most excited about at OTAs and you need to organize them and you need to articulate them. Right. What specifically about this position group are you watching for? Right. What specifically do you have your eye on? What are you excited? What are you, what are you being a fan about? Because a, a logical, rational sports person would look at OTAs and say, well, they're running around in pennies. It's a glorified gym class, and most of the good players aren't there. And that's all it is. It's a big practice, right? But the fan in us, we don't want to simplify it to that. We don't want to boil it down to that. That would suck, right? If we, if we did that with all sports, then that means when the Bucks play the Pistons on a Tuesday night, eh, this game doesn't matter. I'm not going to watch, right? When the Packers play the Steelers last year at noon on a Sunday, oh, this doesn't matter. I'm not going to watch. Maybe it doesn't matter a whole lot because you're going to win. If you don't win, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But as a fan, we want to buy into these things. We want to assign the meaning, and we want to get excited about them, right? So I want to share with you a couple things today. I sat down, and I said, write it down, articulate it, put it into words, right? What are you looking at, and what are you excited about with OTAs, right? And I think, number one, me, like a lot of you, are probably looking at the defense, specifically with the defense, especially after all that investment they made in the offseason, all the draft picks, the extensions. They brought in Reed. He was a new name, right? Two first-round picks, both on defense, both from Georgia, both at positions that at one point we've been dying for. We want an inside linebacker. We want a defensive lineman. We got what we wanted. We even got a Jair Alexander extension. We even got Rasul Douglas back. They might even re-sign Kevin King if they can do it for pennies. You know what I mean? So we're just spoiled with resources defensively. So I'm focusing defense, specifically the defensive line. And we're not going to learn anything new about the defensive line in OTAs, but it's definitely something I'm paying attention to and I'm trying to read about. Right, Because Devontae Wyatt, I think, is going to be awesome. He's what we've wanted. He's a running mate for Kenny Clark. He's a good interior rusher that can take attention away from Kenny Clark. That'll make Dean Lowry's life easier, make the edge rusher's life easier, help against the run, help put pressure on the quarterback, all good things. And I don't know if we're excited about Devontae Wyatt as we should be. We're talking about Quay Walker and Christian Watson, all these other guys. Think of all the teams that have beaten the Packers in the playoffs over the last 12 years since the Super Bowl, right? I made a list today. All of these teams had elite defensive fronts, right? With the exception of maybe the 2016 Seahawks, or not the Seahawks, but the Falcons. Um, but they were good everywhere else. The, the Falcons are maybe the one team that doesn't fall into this patch. Listen to all these teams, okay? All elite defensive fronts. 2011 Giants, Justin Tuck, Linval Joseph, Jason Pierre-Paul. 2012-2013 Niners, happened twice. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, Justin Smith, the Cowboy. 2014 Seahawks, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner. 2015 Cardinals, Calais Campbell, Dayon Buchanan, Dwight Freeney. The 2019 49ers, this might be the wildest of them all. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, D. Ford, Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, Solomon Thomas, who was a third overall pick. Even if he wasn't elite, that was still a resource that they had invested. 2020 Buccaneers, Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Dayon Buchanan, again. Levante David, Jason Pierre-Paul, again. And Devin White. A fifth overall pick investment in that defensive front. I say all that to say this. The Packers have been getting their ass kicked by far superior defensive fronts for the last 12 years. And I'm not saying that the addition of Devontae Wyatt all of a sudden makes them a juggernaut at defensive line, but it makes them respectable. I hope, right? Hopefully it's a step in the right direction. That's why I'm really paying attention and getting excited about the defensive line. Quay Walker, first round pick you're going to be excited about, but think of what Quay Walker does. Think of the affordances that come with having a player like Quay Walker. If he can play and if he can actually contribute, 
at least on a, on a somewhat competent level, that adds a layer to this defense. You want as many layers as possible. You want options, right? You want to be able to go small or slow or big or fast, or you want to play, you know, more big bodies up front. You want to play more smaller bodies in the back end, right? However you want to play. Quay Walker being good is an affordance. It's an option to play a different way because Joe Barry, we know he loves his star position, that versatile guy who's going to come down, play around the ball. That had been Henry Black or Chandon Sullivan. If Quay Walker can play that role, there's an upgrade, all right, because you're keeping inferior players on the bench, and it's another athletic player to run around and make plays at a very important position. Gives you options. Gives you layers. Those are good things. Finally, Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers being good adds a whole nother wrinkle to this team because we got old slot receivers, Randall Cobb, right? We got an old and slow burner guy in Sammy Watkins. We have Alan Lazard who has a ceiling, even though I really, really like him. Amari Rogers is an injection of life into a wide receiver group that other than Christian Watson and some of these young guys, like there's, there's just not a lot of excitement there. So Amari Rogers taking a step and being a physical guy who can play like Debo Samuel almost as an extension of the running game just a big thick wide receiver Amari Rodgers being good would add such an element to this team and I would love that I want to get excited I want Amari Rodgers to be good because that just adds a level of excitement and I want that as a fan let's take a break come back we're gonna hear a little bit from Jordan Love talk about what his role is now I'm not really sure as you can tell by my tone I don't know we're also going to talk about Randall Cobb. He spoke to the media and had some really interesting comments, as older players typically do. They can offer a pretty good perspective. So we're going to do that. Coming up next, Wisco Sports Show back in a few minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Whether you want to land a mess of bluegills or a trophy pike, learn how to become a better fisherman with WKTY Outdoors. Saturday mornings at 8 on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. We're about to talk Packers, OTAs. I got some Jordan Love cuts that I want to play you. Uh, I got some Randall Cobb cuts that are really interesting as well. Uh, okay, so here's what's going on. Eric on I-90 has called, and Eric never seems to be in a rush when he calls in, so I don't think he's in a hurry. So before Eric comes on, I want to ask Eric about something, and it's something that happened on the Bill Michaels show yesterday. Okay, Eric, so I'm going to have you wait for 40 seconds before I bring you on, and I want to play everyone else what you did on the Bill Michaels show yesterday, because I want to ask you about this. So Bill and Ben in hour three of the show, which would have been the 12 o'clock hour, uh, we're talking about the creepiest owners in professional sports because they're all old men. They're creepy. So they're taking calls. Eric calls in and well, I'll just play it for you. 1670 hit us up. Uh, let's go to Eric. Eric, welcome to the program. The Bill Michaels show. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Um, this creepy owner business, is that, uh, is that full owner or partial owner? Well, I think you can go partial owner. I mean, if you've got somebody of name. Yeah, yeah. Grant Bills. Grant Bills. Creepiest owner in the NFL. <laughs> There's the winner. There's the winner. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> what the hell did Grant Bills do? He goes, Gotta go, Eric. 
That's the quickest call that I've ever heard you have on any show. Uh, when you call this show, you talk for five minutes. You're telling me you call into Bill and that's, you drop the mic after that? Well, what the heck? Explain yourself. Yeah, well, I, you know, I was working. So I, oh. I, was working and I, I thought I had something to contribute, you know? So you call me and, once you're done with work and you have nothing but free time at this point right. of the day. Ah, uh, of course. Right. It's just a big slab of concrete I'm looking at here, buddy, and I, I got a lot of time. I got a lot of time. Oh, oh good. But I, I, hope, I hope you didn't take offense to that. We're just having fun. No, it was funny. I, I could hear I could hear it in your voice. You were setting it up. Good, Bill. How are you? Like, you've never sounded that chipper and quick on this show. Like, I could just tell you were up to something. That did make me laugh, though. That was very funny. Yeah, and I had somebody at work that had a problem, and they were asking me a question, and I was like, uh, I got to get done with this whole call <laughs> to Bill Michaels quick. Did you tell him? It was with, did you problem. tell him it was with Bill Michaels, or did you just say it was a phone call as if it was business? I said I got to get off this phone call quick. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> so that was that was fun. Nice. That was funny. That yeah, made me laugh. Well just, done. It set up perfectly because, and one of the reasons was is because you were so proud of becoming a NFL owner. I am. I just, it just, Very proud. It just, I thought about it right away. Well done. Well, you're very witty. Uh, what's going on today? What, what do you want to talk about? I don't have any sports dates, so I can't follow the rules. But you do yeah. say you got a washer and dryer you got to get rid of. No, no, no. We did. And we set it out on we the did. curb yesterday. It was gone within an hour. I couldn't believe it. They're broken. Both of them were. And they're old and they're not very nice. And they just disappeared. That's awesome. Because I... I was going to tell you, if you're having trouble getting that, getting rid of that, what I did once with a TV was I just dropped it off at Sears to be repaired and gave him a false name and never came back. <laughs> no way. And it worked? Yeah. Dude, I guess. What are they going to do? That's really funny. Oh, my God. It's probably still sitting up there somewhere. <laughs> you dropped? Wait. You took your TV to Sears to get it fixed. You gave him a false name, and then you just dipped. Yeah, I just never came back. Well, the... <laughs> My wife's on, 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 on me to get rid of this TV that doesn't work. And I and I see an advertising on the TV at Best Buy's. We'll take your old TV for free. Well, so I go over there and they're, of course, I'm like, uh, you know, because I thought they were just being environmental, you know. But yeah. so you got to buy a TV, okay? Oh. Right? So I'm like, oh, I ain't buying a TV. Um, and it would cost you $20 to get rid of that TV somewhere else. I'm like, I'm not... I made $20 here in my TV, so I'm driving home with my TV, and I'm like, why don't I just drop this thing off at Sears? This is before computers and all that. Oh, yeah. Pulled in there, filled out the slip. What's wrong with it? Uh, Pitcher's fuzzy. Um, (laughs) Gave a false name and left. (laughs) The picture's fuzzy. (laughs) I... Man, I don't know if I underestimate you or I just, you never cease to make me laugh or tell me something that is unexpected, Eric. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Well, you, I, I probably could talk about Jordan Love a little bit. I mean, I, I could talk about the Vikings, but it's a, it's a Packers show. So, oh, okay. Can I, can I, talk a little bit. can I ask you a Jordan Love question and then we can wrap this up after you give your answer? Sure. Okay. So here's my question. Now that Rogers is back. And he has a new deal, and he's not going anywhere, at least for a while. What is, is Jordan Love just a backup now? Is he just, he's Brett Hundley? 
he's who's you know um, uh, Sean Mannion or Kyle Sloter, Nate Stanley for the Vikings. Is that just what he is now, and that's how we should talk about him and follow him? You know, you were really you were really going right to where I wanted to go, Grant, okay. and that's why our conversations are so good. Why don't we look at Jordan Love in the same light and in the same time frame as Aaron Rodgers? When Aaron Rodgers had two years in Green Bay, nobody carried on about him at all. Are we sure about? Are we sure that no one carried on? I feel like it was a never-ending thing when both of them were in Green Bay. You know what I mean? Not the first couple of years. First couple of years, it was it was all far, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was. Yeah, Favre wasn't yeah. going anywhere. We weren't worried about Favre leaving, but right. it was it was just a thing. Ted Thompson was getting asked about it all the time. I mean, it's been reported now after the fact that Favre wanted Rogers out. Rogers people wanted him out somewhere else. Maybe maybe it's just a little bit more, I don't know, uh, out front to us now because because of the Aaron Rodgers drama, right? Sure. Um, so and I and I think Jordan Love. I mean, hey, he's actually pretty lucky. He's already been famous, and he hasn't done anything. Interesting. That's right? a good he's point. Famous. Nobody would talk about Jordan, right? Nobody would talk about him if if he didn't have. You know, if he wasn't standing next to Aaron Rodgers' lightning. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. We'll talk about him as a backup then. I think that's what we're going starting today. Eric, this has gone on a while, so i got to let you go, but I am entertained by you. Thank you for the call. Talk to you later, bud. Bye. Bye. He called this guy, calls into Bill Michaels in the middle of a busy work day just to slander me. By the way, that is a really good strategy for getting rid of something. Drop it off to get fixed and give them a fake name. I don't know if that'd work in the area of or the era of the internet now that we live in. Although maybe Eric doesn't use the internet. I don't know. This man blows me away with something I don't know about him every time. Let's hear from Jordan Love. So Zach Heilprin, our good, good friend, and the voice you hear across the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone yep, Network update, I'm Zach Heilprin. That's Zach. He sent me, let's say, 10 Jordan Love cuts. And a bunch of these cuts are very generic questions you'd ask a quarterback. How do you feel in the offense? Here's his answer. I mean, I feel I feel good right now. Obviously, like I said, <clears throat> I feel better in the offense and learning things. So obviously, I think I have taken a step in the offense and I feel more comfortable in it. But um, I always feel confident that if I get thrown out there, I'm gonna be good. So okay, so it feels good in the offense. Here's another throwaway question: uh, Are you more confident heading into year three? Why is that? I think it's just being comfortable with the plays. Really, um, we're starting off with. You know, it's the basic stuff, install one and, and building on. So just having a good foundation and knowing what I'm doing. Obviously, with some younger guys out there, that's where you got to rely on just knowing what you're doing. How's the wide receiver room? What do you think of the wide receivers? Again, very generic. Um, I think we got a lot of weapons, obviously. Uh, bringing up some new guys, the rookies that are here right now, I think they're doing a, a really good job so far. You know, just keep learning and stacking them on. But I think they're a really good group of receivers. And obviously, the guys we have here, I think highly of. I've got a chance to, you know, be around them and play with them. So I think we have a really good receiver room. So there's a clear line of demarcation in all of the questions and answers that Jordan Love has. And again, I said Zach sent me like 10 of them. So six or seven of them are throwaways like the ones I just played you. I don't think anyone really cares what Jordan Love thinks of the wide receivers. They ask him because Rodgers isn't there and they can't ask Rodgers. What they really want to know <laughs> is, 
What the hell do you think about Rodgers? Because now he's not going anywhere. And here's that question and answer. Yeah, I mean, I was super happy for Aaron. Obviously, uh, the dude deserves it, obviously, what he's done the last two years. But, you know, personally for me, it's, it just means that, you know, I'm about to be a backup again for this year. That's all I can control right now. But, uh, you know, I was, I was happy for Aaron. But at the same time, it's like, ah, you know. <laughs> he's, I was happy for Aaron, but at the same time, like, ah. He couldn't even say, at the same time, I'm going to be a backup, which is a bummer, but that means I'll just have to keep working. No, he says, I was really happy for Aaron, but at the same time, you know, eh. it's kind of funny, actually. It's kind of plain enough. I enjoy listening to Jordan Love. Hector is in on Alaska, 608-796-2558. Jesus. Hector, welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just listening to you <laughs> talk about Mr. Love. Wanted to chime in making dinner. Yeah, what do you think? First of all, what are you making for dinner? I'm curious, real quick. Uh, breaded chicken, Ooh. white rice, Ooh. steamed broccoli. Ooh, that sounds delicious. I'm jealous. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what do you think about Jordan Love? I think we should talk about him as trade bait, not as a backup, because, I mean, of course, he'll be happy to be a backup. I feel like if he was on any other team, maybe not so much, but. The Packers are a good organization. So if you want to be a backup to a guy who's on his way out, mm. Rodgers, you know, a couple of years, if you're blessed. Um, so he's happy to sit because, you know, he's going to be in good hands once the Packers know how to take care of their corners and they know how to take care of their QB. Allegedly, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think if Jordan Love goes out there and – shows what he's got in the preseason, it might catch attention around the league because a lot of teams need QB help. Um, and so I think that'd be a better way for the organization to look at him is as let's, you know, show him off. But at the same time, I don't think Jordan Love is ready to be a starting QB on a contending team. I think he needs to go to a team like the Titans or like the Jets where they're not going to be doing anything crazy, but they have the fundamental structure in their organization where he can learn. Cause I think he needs to be a hands-on kind of a QB to learn just from my observation of him. No, that makes sense. I wonder, man, I wonder if the Packers are hoping they can trade him or at this point, maybe they're thinking, well, he's been here this long. We'll just keep him as a backup. What the heck? Why not? I wonder, I wonder right. what they're hoping for. Cause if he balls out in the preseason, somebody will ask. You know what I mean? But exactly. then again, you know, Jimmy yeah. G's available. Baker Mayfield's available. It's not like there is some, you know, shortage of, of baseline level quarterbacks, of which I think Jordan Love is one. I mean, Jordan Love's not as good as Jimmy G right now. So, I don't know. He'd have to really ball out. I wonder if the Packers are hoping for that. Yeah, that's how I – but I'm also on the outside. You know, I'm outside of the Packers fan yeah, base by a little bit, being a Ravens fan and stuff. So, yeah, but – Colin Kaepernick is getting calls to try out. He's had a tryout yesterday. Um, so, obviously, the QB situation in the league is not great. So, I feel like that could be a good thing, and maybe that will answer your uh, need for another veteran wide receiver since I don't think you want Julio. He's, he's, he's on his way out. I think so, so, too. But maybe. You never know. Thanks for the call, Hector. i got to take a break. Enjoy that dinner. It sounds delicious. Yep. You betcha. Have a good one, Grant. Yeah, you as well. That's Hector, our friend in Onalaska. Friend to the north. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. I have a couple of sound bites from Randall Cobb that are pretty darn good.
Maybe we'll play those if we don't run out of time. 608-796-2558, Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.